So figuring out things to do in life. I teach at Pasadena City College. My name is Son Edom, and we just went through midterms. And students were really concerned about their grades because they figured that they need the good grades to get the degree. The degree is going to equal a job, and the job is equal, going to equal success. But is that really true? How many times have you gone to college and decided to change your major, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know what life is going to hand you? And how many of you that are a little bit older thought you were going to do one thing and ended up doing something else? That's what we're going to talk about. And with me here is Tara and, you know... It's one of those things that is kind of affecting a lot of young people today is trying to figure out life and what to do in life. It is difficult to figure out um, who we are. And when we are not sure who we are, it's difficult to figure out what we should do with our lives. And I would say not just for young people. There's a lot of older people that don't know. Um, maybe they find themselves in careers that they're not liking or not quite sure what to do with the second half of their life. So if you are a young person trying to figure this out, uh, no worries <laughs> because it takes a while. Well, you know, it reminds me of a story. I've got some students that are a little bit older. I've got the, the young students that are 18, 19, just out of high school. Mm -hmm. You've got some that are maybe uh, midlife and they're, you know, late 20s, early 30s. They've gone through school mm -hmm. and now they're just looking to maybe change their mind and do something different from what they did in their uh, four year and maybe their master's program. Then I've got some students that are a little bit older looking for their second career. But this is the thing that I find interesting. You've got some people that sit there and life tells us, here's the box mm -hmm. and we need to live inside this box. Mm -hmm. And so what I like to do is I like to draw a box on the whiteboard. And here's what the people in your life, here's what society tells you you have to do. By the time you're 25, 26, you need to graduate from college. By the time you're 30, 31, maybe you have a family and you're in your career, and then you're starting to move towards you know, maybe upper management. But when you take a look at that box on the whiteboard, mm -hmm. and then you look what's outside the box on the whiteboard, you've got a huge whiteboard mm -hmm. that is unused. Mm -hmm. And so I like to tell students that don't live inside that box because look how much is outside the box that you can do in life. And especially being in like radio and entertainment, it's not, it's a non-traditional family career. What I mean by that is you don't go and get a four-year degree. You don't go get your MBA. You don't go get a job at a bank or a lawyer or a doctor and you have your career planned out for you. You never know what life is going to throw at you when you're in the, in the entertainment business. You could have a job one minute, the next day you don't have a job. I've experienced that several times. That is true. I'm fortunate enough to know that when I was young, I wanted to do radio, and I've been able to pursue that, and now I'm being able to teach it. But like you said, there's a lot of people out there that might jump from major to major while they're in college, mm -hmm. studying one thing, then something else. Mm -hmm. Job to job, they're trying to figure out what to do in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. I don't think people have to worry about if they don't know what they want to do right now at this moment. So that was a mouthful. <laughs> I'm going to back us up just a hair. One, let me just say that when you mentioned about not, you know, when we, it's so true. Our society wants to put us in a box for these um, um, milestones in life. I was going to say landlines, and that's not <laughs> for these milestones in life. And sometimes um, we just can't hit that. You know, I know uh, young people who have a trouble getting through college and maybe this isn't the right season, but they're shamed from their family or from other friends. Like, well, if you don't go to college, you're not going to get a job. Sometimes it's just not the right season. And that is so okay. Um, sometimes people want to work for a while, but I think basically the struggle that we have in finding our thing in life is because we don't know who we are. And we're trying to look at these exterior um, solutions to, to fulfill something that is inside of us that we don't even realize that's inside of there. And I did this test one time, and it had you go back to your childhood and say, what did you do in your childhood when you were just playing? Like if you, without even a thought. And so I thought, okay, I copied down, though this was back in the 1970s. So they used to have this magazine called Tiger Beat Magazine, and they used to have song lyrics inside the magazine. I would copy them down and put them in a binder and memorize them so that when the song came on the radio, I could sing along. Now, when you're thinking about a career, it's like, well, what does that even mean? But as I went through the test, as I went through all of the questions, you know, it takes you through life. I realize that I'm an information gatherer. I'm forever screenshotting pictures on from social media and clipping them or quotes or whatever. What does it mean to be an information gatherer? I am a learner. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. 
And so sometimes, and I didn't realize it about myself until, okay, should I say how old I am? (laughs) If you want to, it's up to you. I am not embarrassed. I am 52. So way up into my 40s, I was still asking this question because we get into that box, right? Okay, we have to go to school. We get a job. We get married. We have kids. We do all these things. And sometimes we forget to say, well, who am I? And why should I be doing this career? Why should I go into this particular degree? And then we try to um, satisfy those questions with, you know, what society says. And then we start bouncing from job to job. It's not the right thing. We're not sure why. And I really think a lot of it is because we don't know who we are at our core. Now, you said from a young age you wanted to be on the radio. So what was that about in your young age? So originally, you know, growing up, I played baseball. And so obviously a dream as a young boy is to make it to the major leagues. But at some mm-hmm. point you realize that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, okay, what do I need to do next? What's the next thing I want to do? And, and so I thought at the time I was a sophomore in high school and I thought maybe teaching and then coaching baseball, something with baseball. And then I had a, a class, a career guidance class or a career development class, I guess they call it now. Mm-hmm. And we had to pick just any job that we wanted to apply for and do a career for a project and so i said i was going to apply for espn do espn because espn was you know still big at the time i know it's still big now but you know it was it was it and so you were still looking at sports was your reason for looking at espn Uh uh-huh and so i thought okay if i'm not gonna coach maybe i could do like sports play-by-play or something Mm -hmm. And so in taking that class and doing that exercise, it just reaffirmed the fact that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I got a, I taped a game off of ESPN, a basketball game, and I kind of memorized the plays. And then in my interview in class, I went through the interview process and then I brought out the VHS to tell you how old I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I played it back, muted it, and I did the play by play, you know, and it was successful. And that just kind of reinforced the fact that I'm going to do radio. I'm going to do this mm-hmm. for my career. Mm-hmm. And sports broadcasting was going to be the main thing. Now, I want so, to stop, I'm going to stop you right there mm-hmm. because this is really important, what you just said. You followed your passion, which was sports. And you stuck in that genre. So maybe you were not going to be the next Pete Rose, but, but you still stuck with that sports. That was your love. Yes. And you followed your passion into, well, maybe I could hit it from this angle. Some people are good at marketing and they could they're not going to be on the team either, but they're great marketers or great, you know, broadcasters. And until we take those steps of curiosity, well, maybe I'll look at this, you know, and try the, you know, try talking into a microphone. And then all of a sudden you had no idea your love for talking on the microphone. Put those two things together and you are in your sweet spot. And, and then even to fast forward in my career, so I was able to do you know, sports broadcasting and then radio, and then obviously to make it in radio or to really feel successful, in my opinion, I had to make New York, L.A., Chicago. Mm. And so L.A. was home. So I left and went to Iowa, then Nebraska, and I did sports broadcasting there. And then I came home because I wanted to try L.A. radio, make right. an L.A. radio. And so my path was a little different, and it went more behind the scenes, did, did some on-air, on-air work, some sports stuff, but a lot of it was behind the scenes. And then, of course, I got into the Internet for my play-by-play and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I still chased my sports passion as a secondary thing through the Internet. But now as I teach... I'm teaching radio, so radio is still my passion, and doing the audio and things like that. So I'm still following my passion, even though I'm in another career field, so to speak, it's education. And like you mentioned, that's the important thing, following your passion, Mm -hmm. whether it's going to be in an actual radio station for me or maybe teaching, I'm still following my passion, which Mm -hmm. is radio. And so I'm fortunate that I'm able to do that and be in a career that I'm still able to chase my passion. And I think that's the one thing that people kind of get lost in. I remember talking to a student and, and uh, this student wants to be in entertainment and wants to you know go to the top like everyone should dream. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have something in our studios here on the wall from Disney you know, uh, about cu- the courage of chasing your dreams. Mm-hmm. And so this student's chasing the dream of what the student wants to do. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of naysayers along the way. Hey, you should do this. You know, oh, it's not working out. Hey, you, know, you need to get a job because you're not doing anything right now. And that's the issue that I think a lot of people kind of struggle with. They get this negative input from people on the outside, people that aren't 
understanding something like entertainment or media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've done television. You know how hard this, the sets can be and, you know, the long hours and the low pay at times. And, you know, if you're going to get called back and maybe the thing doesn't get picked up, you know, right. you go on a, on a, um, a pilot and it doesn't get picked up. So it's, it's a tough business. Mm-hmm. And most people don't understand it. Most people don't understand the, the hard work, the drive, and that the, the success is going to be limited, but it's still possibly there. And so that negative influence, I think, is what a lot of people, especially the younger generation, is starting to feel. Mm. The pressure from the outside, the naysayers saying, you know what, you need to go do something else because what it is that you're doing isn't going to pay off. I remember my folks, they were kind of, they were always supportive, but they were a little bit leery because, again, radio was an unknown thing. It's not secure. You don't have a nine to five job. You don't have a retirement. You don't Mm. go 20 years and retire. You bounce around from you know state to state, station to station. You get laid off. You get unemployment. You got to do all different kinds of things. Right. And so um, the naysayers are concerned with our well-being, and mostly it's our financial well-being. And so when people come in and and we have this dream, and the naysayers come in, um, it's typically because they don't think that that's going to be financially supportive. I read this book called The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson years ago. And he said, he used that exact um, analogy. It's a parable in the beginning of the book. And there, he called them the border bullies, that when you have a dream, it's really, there's all these different processes of, of what you go through when you have a dream and trying to achieve your dream. And one of the processes is that you have to leave your comfort zone and then head out to the unknown. And there's going to be the border bullies at the land of the unknown trying to bring you back and there's so many reasons maybe they were afraid to do something and and that fear in them is causing them to you know come out and want to pull you back um, that fear of safety that fear fear of you know financial security and I'm so glad you brought that up because there are ways around that when we have a dream and we have a passion it's not just the the dream itself or not just the passion that we have that that helps us to achieve that dream it's it's the other parts that come into play along with it. So it's the skill sets that we have. It's our discipline. It's our character. Because like you were mentioning, um, being on TV, that's a, a huge um, task to accomplish if, if a person is an actor and wants, you know, has that dream of, of being a big time actor. Any job, you know, any dream that we have is a big deal. But when you when you are honest about your skill sets and then you um, have the discipline with that and in the character to bring it forward there are so many things that we can do tangible things because a dream is kind of abstract but when we make it concrete when we make a plan when we um, have self-awareness we know who we are we know what skills we have that we can accomplish that we get with a coach or a mentor um, and we can lay it out in little tiny bites that's when your dream becomes a reality. When you have these little tiny bites and you say, I'm going to do this now. I'm not going to worry so much about the big picture. Like I have dreams and I'm thinking like, okay, how in the world am I ever going to accomplish that? Sitting here is one little piece. It's one tangible um, way to say, okay, I'm going to move towards that. And if we can have someone work with us to break it down into bite-sized pieces Dreams are so achievable. We think that they're just so, you know, out of reach. And because we we listen to the border bullies and then not to people who, you know what, I believe in you. Let's look at this. You know, who are you and what do you bring to the table? And let's make this happen. It's the other thing, too, that I always try to tell students especially is that we're the ones like me, you, whoever you are, you're the one that has to live your life. Mm-hmm. And so you have to live the lo- your life the way you want to mm-hmm. or chasing your dream or your passion or whatever it is. If you end up in something that someone else wants you to do, you're not going to be happy. And I've seen a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. They've given up on you know their passion. They've given up on their dreams. They've given up on what they wanted to do. And they take the safe road, which is you know fine, but they're not as happy as they could have been. Right. Right. And, and I always think of like that Robert Frost poem, which I think there's a country singer that also sings a song that's kind of similar, The Road Less Traveled. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and to me, not that I ever really paid attention in English class in high school <laughs> because it was so boring, although I did end up getting a master's in English anyway, so the irony of life. But that's very true. You know, you sit there and you take the road, in our case, what we're talking about, which is less traveled. Everybody wants you to go left. You decide to go right. Yeah. And for me, I went right, 
And then I ended up sometimes in a dead end. I ended up sometimes in a cul-de-sac. We were just spinning around. Yes. And then sometimes I got on the expressway, and I was just flying through my career. <laughs> yeah. So the road less traveled still is going to have bumps and hurdles and things like that. But at the end of the day, as I look back from when I started to where I am now, there's nothing else I would have rather have done with all those bumps and obstacles and the successes and everything like that. I wouldn't have traded that in for anything else. And even though I might have had a successful career maybe – teaching or maybe doing baseball coaching or something like that, I don't think I would have been as happy as I have been going through life the way I did. And that's the important thing for me to share is that you got to chase that dream, chase that passion, go with what you want to go for Mm -hmm. and not let anybody else dictate to you what you want to do because you got to live your life. Mm -hmm. And we also have to have, I totally agree with that. And those bumps and obstacles that you were talking about, we also call those um, failures and there's this concept of failing forward. And there's this concept that the only way we learn is to fall down because then we learn how to get up and then we're stronger when we get up and we move forward. So many of us, um, you know, I'm a writer. I've, I've published a couple of books and I self-published because we, I, we couldn't find a publisher, you know, and, and we really wanted to get those out. And so we did it anyway. And so a lot of people will look at that and say, oh, well, a publisher doesn't want to publish my book. Therefore, I'm a failure. Therefore, I shouldn't be a writer. Therefore, that was a dumb idea. No. No, we can keep moving. That, that's, a, that's just a, a stepping stone along the way. There's another way around the block. Um, if we, you know, if there's something that we really want to do, we can do it anyway. And it doesn't have to look like um, everybody else. Now, do you still have to put out a good product if you self-publish? Absolutely. It still has to be, you know, shiny and polishy. But that doesn't mean that you're not a writer. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a, a, a book on the bookshelf. It just means that that there's another way to get it done. And we have to be able to um, fall down in front of people. We have to learn to be comfortable not looking so great. We have to learn to be comfortable practicing in front of other people. That's hard for some people. You know, I know a lady that was going to crochet and make dolls for people. And, and I said, Oh, why don't you sell them, you know, online? Oh, well, they're not good enough. They're not perfect. Well, no, they're not. But the people that are asking to buy them really want them and it will make them happy. And it broke my heart because I thought she's really loves doing this, but because she wasn't perfect. Can I just say, (laughs) can I give you permission to not be perfect? You are not perfect. I am not perfect. Pressure's off. Well, the other thing, the other (laughs) thing too, is like you said, we're not perfect, but there's also perspective. Okay. So you talk about Mm self-publishing that's success. Mm -hmm. Now that might not be back in the olden days of publication, the the measure of success because you needed a publishing house. but what in the music world do we have today you've got people on tv with american idol yes. you've got america's next talent top chef you know next whatever and these people are just people coming off the streets apparently and doing their talent and becoming successful and winning these competitions back in the day you had to have a record producer mm-hmm. listen to your tape mm-hmm. and then accept it and so the way that we're starting to get success and the way we're starting to define success i think is starting to change because self-publishing a book is just as successful as having somebody else you might not be reaping the full benefits of a publisher you know uh doing your book as opposed to self-publishing but that's still getting a book published and success and so i think that the other thing too we have to do is change the way that we view or define some of the things that we're talking about, like success, because and how do we define success? I mean, exactly. Because, but that's hard. It's super hard for people like, oh, because we could say, oh, my book was self-published and be embarrassed about it. Or no, I published a book. Mm-hmm. I wrote a whole thing and it's out there. Um, so we have to decide the definition of success that we're going to follow. Are we going to follow society's definition back to the box? Right. Or are we going right. to follow I am being who I am called to be and I am following the the passions and the skill sets that are inside of me? You know, what are those things that you do when you get up in the morning that you just can't not do? You know, um, success is following that and being the best who we can be. 
And I think you mentioned too, you know, you were talking about bite-sized success, bite-sized small portions. Yes. You know, students come through here and they do a radio show. That's success. Yes. You, you might not be Ryan Seacrest or, you know, the next big thing, but you are successful because you have taken on the challenge of doing a radio show, broadcasting it out for the world to listen to. That's success. Mm-hmm. You take that success, build upon it, and then maybe you go to the next thing and you get out there and try to find that job on the radio or in TV or whatever it is that you're doing. You're in class and you become a teacher. And so first your success is you've gotten your education. That's success. Yes. Then you've got your student teaching. That's mm-hmm. success. Now you've gotten your first job. You might not be teacher of the year, but these little bite-sized success along the way is going to eventually equal a successful career. And even though you might not become the broadcaster of the year or you might not become the teacher of the year or the author of the year, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're not successful. That just means that you didn't get the award. And that means that maybe you just didn't get your uh, book in the right hands or who knows, whatever reason. But that doesn't mean you're not successful because you've been able to have these little chunks of success along the way. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that you're happy with what you're doing, that you're successful or you feel successful in what you're doing. And you're not defining your success by what somebody else dictates to you. And I think that's that inner confidence is coming back to knowing who we are, knowing the path that we are on, not somebody else's path that that someone else is asking us to follow, but the path that we truly are on and what are our core values? What is our mission statement for our personal life? And are we following that? And it's so much easier to be comfortable in your own skin when you know you have that self-awareness, you know who you are. You know what you're about. And and you listen, it takes a long time to figure that out. But there's so many tools to help us do that. Um, and that's where that, that confidence comes in. That's where you can say, I, yes, I am successful in this. And your definition of success might be different. I may not look successful in your eyes, but that doesn't mean that I'm not successful. Or if you say that I am successful, that doesn't mean that I am either. We have to have that that inner confidence of, of knowing who we are and the path that we are on. So how do we have that inner confidence in the path that we are on? I feel like we should answer that question or at least well, ask it. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, that's a good question because how do you have that? I think that's something that you have to kind of work towards in yourself. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, just real quick, you mentioned the board of bullies. Mm-hmm. Who's the one telling you you're not successful? Mm-hmm. Is it those board of bullies telling you you're not successful? Is it the jealousy that's telling you you're not successful because they didn't achieve theirs mm-hmm. or they didn't have the courage to chase their dream? So the other thing too is first you want to be careful who is telling you this or and make sure it's it credible. Could be that if you are suddenly successful, um, then they're feeling yes. like they're less than or they're right. not going to be able yep. to keep up or. You're going to be a different person. Where do they fit into your life? And I think when getting back to your mm-hmm. question with the confidence, it's starting out with, like for me, when I first hit the microphone, I went to Iowa and I went to uh, my first on-air job and I flipped the mic for the first time and I wasn't scared. I was confident that I was going to do the job because I got prepared. Mm. For example... Here's what I mean by that. So I knew I wanted to do radio. And so what I did back in the day was I'd go to Radio Shack and get their equipment. And I'd set up a little studio in my bedroom and I'd do my shows. We should define back in the day because we'll you're talking with, about Radio Shack. We'll just go to Radio Shack and leave <laughs> it at that. Not, they're extinct. <laughs> radio Shack, which did outlast Circuit City. Um, and so, and so I, I, I would do these fake radio shows in my yes. bedroom, okay? And then I decided when I was in college because I knew – speaking in front of people was going to be important. I had no interest really in doing it, but I went and became a a DJ, like a wedding DJ, Mm -hmm. so that I could get in front of people, strangers I didn't know, and have to do a very important job of announcing bridal parties, announcing, um, you know, all the different events at a wedding and things like that. And it all mattered because one mistake and you got Bridezilla on your hands, (laughs) you know, so you had to make sure that you were ready and prepared for whatever it is you were going to say, you had to make sure you had mom and dad's name right, pronounced right. You had to make sure you had all the bridesmaids in order. You had to make sure that, you know, the music was right. The first dance was right. You got the name of the song right. I mean, everything. And it mattered because one little mistake and, like I said, Bridezilla's on your case. And so things like that prepared me. And so I got prepared. And uh, there's a student that, uh, that I like to talk, uh, that we talk a lot, and he brought up the thing, you want to stay ready 
so you don't have to get ready. Yes. And that's, that's I thought awesome. that was very cool that he brought yeah. that up. And we always joke about that. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And that's the point. It's like, and I tell my students, if you want a job, if your dream job came today, they came to you and said, I want you to audition for your dream job. I want you to interview for your dream job. Are you prepared for that? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about building confidence, and how do we gain confidence? First off, I think we have to, in order to get confidence in ourselves, is to be ready. Mm-hmm. Whatever is going to, if you want to be a radio star, are you doing a show? Are you practicing? If you want to be a writer, are you writing things? Are you, you know, getting things down on paper? If you're going to be a musician, are you practicing singing? Are you practicing your instrument? Mm-hmm. Are you getting yourself ready? And I think once you get ready, then that gives confidence. Yes, and I want to add something to that that occurred to me as you were talking, that some people don't know what their dream job is, but they can still get ready, and they can still be ready. And if um, you said a lot of great things in there about... Um, when you were young, you know, pretending that you were talking on the radio. And then as you were older, you were doing weddings, you know, preparing your DJ personality and your voice. Those are all stepping stones that when you follow your passion, you may not know what your dream job is. So I mentioned uh, my age a few minutes ago. I also I have a 23-year-old daughter and I have a 21-year-old son. And I have conversations with them and also many of their friends where they don't there's so much pressure you guys on picking a career your parents want you to pick a career your your teachers want you to pick a career you're having to declare your college major and you don't know what it what that is and there's just so much pressure and you just don't know um what i tell my kids is is that just just take that one little seed of passion and one little seed of skill set like we've been talking about, and just follow that. And what I tell them is just go to that door. And once you go through that one little door, maybe it's talking, practicing, being on the radio. Um, For me, I was a swim meet announcer for many years for my kids' uh, swim club. And that gave me practice, you know, speaking on the microphone. Um, Talk about making a mistake. Boy, man, those little swimmers, this one little girl, she was this tall. And then she came up and she tapped me on my arm and she says, um, excuse me. And I said, yes. And she, could you please pronounce my name right? And I said, oh, God, she had this French name. And and so then I made sure she told me how to pronounce it. And I made sure that and it didn't look like anything the way it was spelled. But that's practice. And that got my juices flowing like I love talking on the microphone. So I tell my kids, I'm like, look, just go through that first door. Once you go through that door, there's going to be 10 other doors that you can choose from because you're taking classes, you're having experiences and internships and jobs and hobbies. Then from those 10, you can pick another door, pick another few classes that are interesting to you that may not be part of your curriculum, but maybe it's an elective that you're interested in. Just go take that and see. Once you go through that next door, there's going to be 10 more and then there's going to be 10 more. And then eventually you're like, oh, my gosh. Look, I I had no idea, but my life was pointing me towards this one direction this whole time. And I didn't even know. And look, I'm prepared because I've been taking these little steps of like following my passion and doing what my skill sets are. And wow. So sometimes we don't have to have it figured out in the beginning. That is totally okay if you were like, I don't have any clue. I didn't have a clue for years, but it's okay. And and like you said, sometimes... You can't have life all figured out because life is going to throw wrenches at you and, and curveballs. Yes. Like for me, getting into teaching, I was working at uh, Clear Channel, which is iHeartMedia now, sports station here in Los Angeles, and uh, we got all got laid off. A bunch mm-hmm. of us got laid off. It was the big bloodbath of 2009. And so I got a little bit of a severance, so I didn't have to really rush to find a job. So they were very gracious. Uh, um, very gracious in that area. And someone suggested to me, why don't you go get a, a master's, an advanced degree? Mm. So I thought, okay. And so I started to think about what should I get my master's in? And initially the thought was maybe something in broadcasting or something like that. But then I thought, well, maybe if things that are being talked about in the entertainment world, downsizing, um, you know, that's why we have a lot of reality TV shows because they're cheaper to make. And some of those dramas are now, you know, went away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll get something as a backup just in case. So I got a master's in athletic administration was my first one. So mm-hmm. I thought I thought about going back to the coaching first thing. One. Wow. Yeah. I have three. <laughs> oh, three masters. I have masters. three masters. Yeah. Okay. I only have one master's. Yeah. I've got the athletic administration was the first one and then English and then education. Wow. So, yeah. I was a little, little bit of an overachiever. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. But so I got my master's in athletic administration thinking that maybe, you know, if the entertainment thing is dying, 
which I didn't think it would be, but I thought maybe I'll just be ready for a second, second career. And so I went back and I got that. Now that opened the door because of the, it's just a master's degree. It opened the door to me being able to teach. Mm, So again, not knowing that what life was going to have, my intention was from 16, I'm going to do radio for the rest of my life. Mm. Then it was like life throws you a curveball and says, wait a minute, you're out of a job. Although I was able to pick up a little part-time work at another radio station, but you know, I'm, I'm out of a job. I need to think about what's next. So I got my degree and then that led to an opening to teach part-time here at PCC, Pasadena City College. Mm -hmm. And now that's led to full-time. So again, I never really anticipated or I never really had in my mind that I would be teaching full-time radio broadcasting at a college, but that's what life gave me. And so people look at that and they'd be like, well, that's pretty cool. But what about your radio dream? Mm -hmm. What about your radio success? You know, did you ever really achieve that, you know, be play by play for the Minnesota twins? No, I didn't. And I probably won't. Mm -hmm. You never know. I don't give up on that. I stay ready. I do games, high school games and things like that. So that if the time came and the invocation came, I'm ready, but I'm no longer defining my success by I didn't attain that job. Mm, Look at the rest of the body of work that I've done over the years. And to me, that's success. And so really, I guess it comes down to building. You talk about the confidence thing. It's building confidence in yourself. And the only thing, the only real opinions that I care about are mine, Mm -hmm. about myself. Mm Am I successful? Yeah, I view myself as a success. Am I confident? I view myself as confident in what I can do in my abilities mm-hmm. because I've practiced it, I've worked at it, and I've experienced those bite-sized successes that you mentioned earlier. And to me, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, I feel good about my body of work that I've done, and I don't really care what anybody else thinks, except maybe my boss to keep me employed. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you the opposite story because there are those of us who uh, were not so successful so early. And so I'm going to be the voice of the other right, the other side. (laughs) I'm going to be the voice of the other side. So when I was in the sixth grade, which is what twelve years old, I think, right, about eleven, twelve in the sixth grade, I used to. I had a tape recorder, cassette player, and I would talk into the tape recorder and pretend that I was on the radio. So I had this this seed inside of me at a young age to perform. Now I, I, it wasn't coherent. I had no dreams. I just thought that, you know, I really just wanted to talk into the radio. I read books on tape. I recorded not for anybody else, but for me, learned all the lyrics to the songs, like I said. But then, um, like you said, life throws us curves. And sometimes those life curves comes in our family that we have no control over. Right. So there were some things in my family that started going on that that caused me a deep, deep seated uh, insecurity and just a lot of um, not feeling good about myself. And when you're in that position, there are no dreams. And there's there's nothing, um, you're just in a survival mode every day. No, I, I don't wanna make it sound like I had this um, terrible um, life. I wasn't abused or anything like that, but my parents did eventually get divorced. Uh, there were affairs going on between them. Um, I was uh, aware of a lot of that. And so it caused a lot of insecurity inside of me. And so I was constantly fighting against this. Um, We had a lot of pretense in my family. I was loved. We had dinner on the table every night. But there was a lot of hidden things that were going on that caused a lot of insecurity. So a lot of pretense. So I grew up pleasing other people. And I grew up trying to look good, trying, I had, you know, my lipstick on and I was, you know, wearing the right clothes because I didn't have a lot going on on the inside. And people would say to me, Oh, what do you want to be when I, when you grow up? And I was just, I don't know. I don't know. And so it took me a while to get going in life. Now later, um, I grew up in Ohio and then I, I, um, in my twenties, I moved out here to California and I um, eventually met my husband and we got married. And still, I didn't really know, like I didn't have this dream, but I kept saying to my husband, and this was in my late 20s probably, I just feel like someday when I grow up, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to give seminars or workshops or I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to be a speaker. And he would say, well, what do you want to say? I have no clue. I have no clue what I want to say because I didn't have a voice, you guys. Like I grew up like just sh- just be quiet and just sit there and go along with the flow and don't talk back. 
and and I didn't have a voice. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. So the stuff that we're talking about can get severely sidetracked if you are in a situation in your life where there's a lot of storms coming and you're just surviving. And the stuff that we're talking about, you're probably thinking, yeah, what a luxury. My my goal for the day is to just get through this um, you know, relationship without a scratch or just get home and, and, and get a meal. So I still want to encourage you, if that's you, um, you know, I, I now I have my master's degree. So I did uh, come around and I've done a lot of things. I'm, a, I'm an author and I've been to Africa and I've um, my daughter's the one that travels around the world. So all I have was, <laughs> is Uganda. But um, I've done a lot of great things. I've run a marathon and I've and and I've, um, I published videos and all this kind of stuff. But you guys, it took a long time for me to come around to the fact of like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And 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 these seeds that we're talking about, there were seeds along the way that got me to where I am now. I didn't have it all put together, but I I fought for it. My passion is was just fighting for it. Like there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more. And so now I'm I'm completely immersed in character building and helping people to figure out, you know, their path and who they are because man, I I just swam in that circle for so long. I just didn't know who I was and I was trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be and and stand straight and, you know, look good and don't make, you know, don't make a mess, don't make a fuss, just be quiet. I am not a quiet person. <laughs> I am not a quiet person. I'm not. So it like squished me for, and now I'm like, I'll just tell you like, nope, you will not treat me that way. But see that, but that's growth <laughs> and success that you're talking about. Because even though it might not be some major thing that gets headlines for you personally, that's huge success and mm -hmm. that's huge growth. And that's yeah. the important thing is that, you know, it's, it's what you think it is and what you define it is. And, you know, we have students that barely hang on taking classes yes. because they've got to work. They've got to maybe take care of a younger sibling or yes. maybe take care of a child of their own. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to, you know, they need financial aid so that they can get school. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot of struggles. And so it's not easy. No. We get that. I was a little bit more fortunate because I knew what I wanted and I chased it. And I had some support that got me there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it was in there. That's the important yes. thing. You you were in a situation that you knew what you wanted and you were able to just move towards that quickly. My daughter's that way. Um, I It was in there. Yes. It was in there. It just was dormant for a little while. It got sidetracked by all the chaos of life. But it was in there. And it's in there. It's in you guys, too. Like, you still, you may not feel it. You may not recognize your dreams. You may don't, like, I don't know what my passion is. I just need to get through this test. I promise you it's in there. You were born with it. You were born with something inside of you. And when we can kind of quiet down our lives, then it kind of peeks its head again. There's probably something nagging at you like, oh, and you're and you, maybe you're pushing it aside because it seems silly or, you know, how am I going to make money doing that? You might not at first, but but eventually if you nurture that seed and you follow that path, you might find that you can. But that's what keeps us going. That's that yearning. That's there's just something inside of us that we want to reach toward and strive towards and do better. And you know, I know a, a couple of ladies that told me a story on two different occasions, but it's a similar story, and I find it fascinating because the end of the story, well, I guess the journey is still going on, but the end result is never give up. Mm -hmm. So when they were in high school going to college and again these stories were mirrored and they're two people that don't even know each other mm -hmm. and they were telling me the story so they're going out of high school they're getting ready to go to college and so they're picking their schools you know Santa Barbara San Diego whatever and the family's a little bit supportive but the dad the father is thinking that they should get a job and help out mm -hmm. so he half-heartedly goes along with the um Hold on. <laughs> That's a great song. He, uh, <laughs> oh, maybe it's the uh, the people calling, listening. <laughs> no, but um, so the the father's half-heartedly going on or going along with the whole um, going to college thing. And so the application process, the fees and things like that are being paid. 
But then when it really came time for these ladies to pick their school and to move on with their life, the father basically sabotaged them. Mm. So one of them was supposed to get up early and go to San Diego State or UC San Diego for an interview. And they were going to leave like at 4 a.m. to drive down to San Diego for an 8 a.m. interview. Mm. And the father just would not get up. You know, the daughter's knocking on the door. She's 18, you know, crying. Got to go. Got to go. Finally, about seven o'clock, the dad comes out and decides to drive to San Diego, which, of course, they're not going to make it in time. By the time they get to San Diego, uh, it's it's probably 10 o'clock, two hours past. Mm-hmm. The you know, girl's crying and the whole thing's just a wreck. And so then the school tried to reassure it's OK. You know, we can just reschedule. You know, But the father sabotaged it and she ended up just getting a job and spent, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years working just in a, a job, mm-hmm. not career, but a job. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the other one, you know, talking to her. And she's telling me the same story. It was time for her to go to college. And her father would just sabotage Mm. all the choices that she made and all the things. And so, again, she just went for a job. And, you know, one of them is is working, you know, with with the VA doing some stuff. And the other one's working with, you know, USC at Keck Medical doing the emergency preparedness thing. And so, you know, they're just it's not a career that they wanted, but it's a job. But here's the thing. okay? so they're a little bit older in life, you know, and they decided a couple years ago that they're going to go back to school mm-hmm. and they're going to start to chase what they wanted to do. And they're both now studying the medical profession, mm-hmm. you know, LVNs, RNs, mm-hmm. and that's what they want to do. And so it took them a while because their father sabotaged their dreams early mm-hmm. to build up that confidence that we've been talking about, right. to build up the, the courage to do what they want to do because the fathers are still around and things like that. But they never gave up with that thing that was inside them. Like you said, it took them, you know, 20 years, but they still had that nagging thing inside them. And now they decided to act on it. Mm -hmm. And so now they're going back to school. One of them is about to finish and become an LVN. The other still has a couple more things to do. And she's really uncertain as to what she wants to do uh, ultimately in the medical profession because there's a couple of routes. But again, they never gave up and they just, now are chasing their dreams. So that's the other thing too. When you talk about finding, you know, the the confidence, mm-hmm. eventually at some point that if you have that passion still in you, that nagging thing is going to force you yes. to do what you want to do if you have the courage yeah. to do it. And if we have the courage to ignore the timeline. Yes. There's so many I didn't get my bachelor degree until I was 34, I think, 36, 34. So, you know, and then my master's, I just got it last year and I was 51 when I graduated from my master's. There's no timeline. So if you have the courage to ignore that timeline, the courage to not let that die inside of you, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we get sidetracked by people, but it's in there. It is in there. And if we fight for it and say, no, it is not too late. I don't know how long I'm going to be on this planet, but I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to do my dream and and fulfill my passion. I'm going to go for it. Who cares if people, I had people telling me, oh my gosh, you're so old. Really? Do you feel embarrassed sitting in a class with that at 32 with a bunch of 18 year olds? And I said, no, I'm not embarrassed at all. I, I, they, if they, I don't, I don't really care what they think of me because I am like, I literally walked onto the campus of CSUN. I'm like, oh, I am at a university because I didn't think that I could do it. I was like, you know, I went to a junior college out of, you know, I got an associate degree right out of high school, but I didn't think I was university material. I had horrible grades and and I thought there's no way I'm going to get in. But I went to College of the Canyons and I transferred to CSUN and I was like literally almost in tears like I am at a university. No way. No way. And and then, you know, at 34, I got my degree and. It's like, wow, I had no idea. <laughs> right. And, and it's, 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 it's just in there. And you never gave up. That's no. the key thing. Never no. give up because it's there. And that's the important message is, is keep that hope alive that you can achieve your dream someday. It might take a little bit longer, like for you compared to me. I mean, you know, I'm still chasing my dreams too, but I've had, you know, success early uh, as far as what I consider success. Because right when I graduated from college, I was in my last, uh, at the time it was a quarter system at Cal State LA, and I was in my last quarter system when I was able to secure my first radio job. I had to move to Iowa, so, you know, um, some might think that that was a a raw deal (laughs) because, you know, Iowa. But, um, (laughs) yes, but it was, I had my radio job before I even graduated, and so I was fortunate. 
other people I've worked with, they got their, you know, they would go to a college here like UCLA, for example. I know one guy I worked with over at uh, KLAC at the time, and he graduated from UCLA and got a job in L.A. He didn't have to go anywhere. So some would think, hey, that's even a better deal. Right. It just depends. It's, it's individual. You're not, you can't compare yourself to other people. You just have to compare yourself to yourself. And it goes back to that box thing, you know. Take a box and put it on a whiteboard or, or if you have a driveway, you know, take a box and put it on the driveway. And then you want to live your life in that box because that's what people tell you to do. But look at the rest of the driveway or look at the rest, the rest of the whiteboard or the, you know, you put a picture or something up on the refrigerator. But look at the outside of the, fr- you know, the, the, the frame. You know, you've got all this other stuff out there, this canvas of life. And why paint a little picture on your canvas of life when you can use the whole canvas? And it might take a long time to fill out that canvas and to paint that picture. It might take a lifetime to paint that picture, but you're the artist. Paint it how you want to. Don't listen to somebody else. Don't listen to the the critics because beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and you're the one that is beholding that beauty that is you. Invest in yourself because if you invest in yourself, you're going to make it happen. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so true. And sometimes the things that we need to work on to get there is our character. You know, if we've we're talking about, you know, following your passions and and figuring out your skill sets and and, um, harnessing those skills. But sometimes what needs to be developed is our character. And if we have been bombarded with storms in life, if we have family situations that are not ideal and that's probably the most majority of us, um, it's going to cause those um, voids in our life. It's going to cause those feelings of insecurity because um, it's going to cause us maybe to be, I'm going to use some psycho words here, some maybe codependent or maybe people pleasing or um, we don't have boundaries, all that stuff in our character that wasn't built because we have been involved in all of these chaotic, you know, family situations. Sometimes that's the work that we have to do first is to build that character, become a wise person and, um, and coincidentally, uh, self-help, if I got myself into it, I'm probably not going to be able to get myself out of it. <laughs> so be careful of, of, what, um, of what we follow. But sometimes, you know, we think that we're not getting anywhere because we're not having, we don't have a certain job or we're not, you know, getting certain training. Sometimes it's our character and that's invisible to a lot of people, but it's certainly visible to us. And we have to practice setting boundaries, practice saying no to people, practice not putting too many things on our plate, um, practice setting limits, you know, with other people and what we're going to do, practice letting other people be upset if we make a decision. And that's okay. We have to learn to be comfortable with that sometimes, comfortable with failure and, and, a lot of times we have dreams, we have passions, we have skill sets, but our character is what gets in the way. And then we can't accomplish what we were made to accomplish because we, our character isn't strong enough to handle it. What would be, or would you consider off the top of your head, one of your biggest failures in life? Mm. Maybe like career-wise. Career-wise? Possibly, yeah. Or maybe anything else. You know, one of my biggest failures is exactly... Um, what we've been talking about. So I, when I got married and we started having kids, now I worked in offices. I was a um, administrative assistant. I was a claims assistant. Um, I was a receptionist. 15, 17 years I worked at jobs and I was very good at them. Um, always a great employee, but then we got married and it was really important for me to stay home with my kids. Now, that's not an easy thing, even in this day and age, because because when you like I would go to a cocktail party, say, for my husband's business and, and his associates would say, oh, what do you do? And I would say, I'm a stay at home mom. And they would say, oh, and then they would turn around and they would walk away. And I felt so ashamed. I was doing what I wanted to do. I was staying home with my kids and I was, and my kids are so grateful. I was there. I was able to pick them up from school and I spend all kinds of time with it to this day. You know, they're 21 and 23 and, and mom, you know, where are you? Um, we have a great relationship and, and I value that and I don't regret staying home with them, but it was hard because of the peer pressure. And my biggest regret, I think, is that I did not cherish the job that I had. I didn't, I did not, I allowed society to tell me that staying 
at home isn't as important as working, as being a business owner or working somewhere else. And I spent way too many years not being comfortable in my skin and not taking ownership and not taking pride in what I was doing. Did I love being with my kids? Yes. But did I hate, you know, answering that question? So what do you do? It was awful. And I did not need to be, I didn't need to, to be humiliated. I didn't, that was me. And I, I, I wasn't comfortable, you know, in my skin. And so that was very difficult. And I, and I, I regret that because it, it affected my parenting in some ways. I was not as um, calm or patient with my kids sometimes because I was anxious about, oh, I should be doing something quote unquote more important. What is more important than being with your kids? But I didn't take it that way. And so I was stuck between, I just had this constant back and forth, like, oh, I want to be here, but I should be doing something more important. And because I'm, you know, getting into the job world later in life, you know, now I'm behind, I'm behind. No, I'm not behind. <laughs> so it, we yeah. just have to get our, you know. Um, well, the, the reason why I asked the question was because a lot of times people will see, you know, life comes and takes its journey towards us, you know, gives us what we, you know, just life gives us stuff and we have to, to handle it. But the point is, is that you went through all that, but now you've got on the end side of that, you've come through that. And now you've got your success. You've got your family. That's happy. You've got your kids that still like you, uh, you <laughs> know, which is huge. And yeah. And they so, actually want to have dinner with me. Yeah. So there's no, you know, so, so at the end of the day or at the end of your, you know, life, as you start, you know, as the kids get older for you, you've got happy kids. And so you were there for them. And so even though, you know, people would be like, Oh, stay at home mom. The point is, is that overcoming that, that didn't limit you or that didn't stop you from achieving what you eventually wanted to do. Like you said, it just took a little bit later in life to do it, but you were able to overcome it. And that's the point. You know, I guess I'm trying to make is mm -hmm. that no matter what comes your way mm -hmm. and there's going to be obstacles. It's like, it's like the baseball analogy. I love the baseball analogy where, you know, if you get 10 at bats and you strike out seven times, but you hit the ball three times, you're almost a hall of famer because success is 30% of the time. Baseball is a game of failure right. and people don't understand that. And so a young kid will go out in the baseball field and they will make an error and they get down and they throw their glove and they're not ready for the next ball. And the next ball that comes because they're not prepared, they kick that ball and it's another error. Mm -hmm. And so their, their demeanor and everything is negative and down because they're thinking about that mistake, that mistake, that mistake. But what you really have to do is, okay, you kicked the ball or you threw it away and that was an error, but hey, the ball's going to come to you again. Are you going to be ready this time to be successful? And that's what you have to do is that even though sometimes things come and life can give us some doozies mm -hmm. and getting over that error, so to speak, might take a lot longer than just the next play, but you want to get over it because if you can, because the next thing's going to come and you want your demeanor, the stay ready. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to get ready, stay ready mm -hmm. so that your demeanor and your position and who you are, you're ready for that next success to come yeah, yeah. and that next play to come. Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard to do and it's easier said than done, but I think that there needs to be an emphasis on that, you know. There does. And and, and I, I think it just goes right back to what we started with is those little steps and doing, um, taking those little tiny steps and, and, and moving forward. And there's something that's in us, something that we do, like think about what you do if you weren't going to get paid for it, what would you do anyway? And what are the what are the activities that you do in your downtime? So when you're when you're done with work, when you're done with school and homework, what is it that you naturally gravitate towards? And for me, I naturally without even thinking, I naturally gravitate towards learning because I'm still who I am, regardless of the storms that are coming, regardless of what position we are in in life. We still have that in us. That DNA is still in there. And so I gravitate towards learning. And so I started reading. Um, so I, so my kids were three and five, no, five and seven or something when I got my bachelor degree. Um, and then after that, I just was, I, I just kept learning, you know, on my downtime and my free time is reading everything I could get my hands on, on character building, building and, and um, development. And that led me to getting my master's in organizational leadership at the Townsend Institute. And so the, those things that I naturally gravitated towards, I listen to radio programs, I listen to podcasts, I read books, I listen to sermons, I, I, I'm just, that's just what I do to breathe. 
And that passion for learning led me to get my master's degree, which led me to start creating videos, which led to a phone call from Son Edom that said, hey, been watching your videos. Why don't you come and talk to me on the radio? That's how it works. I didn't, I never in a million years would have said, oh, someday I'm going to be, no. <laughs> yeah. But because I, there's just, I'm just, you can't, there's certain things about us that we just can't not do. People ask me, well, why do you want to write? I can't not write. I can't not record videos. I can't not like teach or learn or talk. It's just in me. Like I just do it like breathing. And that's what has led me on this path of, you know, success because we are right. so successful right. sitting here right, right. now. <laughs> well, well, that's another interesting thing that you, that you talk about is like, is, you know, the stay ready but you're creating opportunity too, yes. because if you didn't follow that passion of doing the videos, I wouldn't have seen the videos and then I wouldn't have reached out because you wouldn't have done it. Right. And so it's also you chasing your passion. So when you're chasing your passion or you're doing what you want to do, don't give up on it because you never know when those uh, things that you do are going to open up doors for or avenues of employment or projects mm -hmm. or whatever else. A mm -hmm. uh, couple quick things. One, you talk about doing something. If you want to get paid, my first job in Iowa, I got $900 a month mm -hmm. and my car payment and my house payment was about 500 of that. So I had to live off oh, of wow. 400 bucks <laughs> a, so, month? a month. And so I had to hustle. $100 a week. And so, That's yeah. totally how much a day. <laughs> well, the other thing, real quick story was we would give away these, uh, we had these certificates to McDonald's and we would like do trivia questions and stuff like that. And then we would give them a certificate for like a Big Mac or something, whatever it was, a sandwich of your choice. And so every... Uh, Friday night, there'd be the leftover stack, and I was the night show, so I was the last show, and so I just always take the stacks, and McDonald's was my like there meal for the go. weekend, because they would expire at the end of the week, because they right. were just weekly, so the boss was like, oh, just take them if you want them, so that's how I survived, too, was coming up of, coming up of creative ways to get food, and McDonald's became my best friend, now I don't even touch it, because I have McDonald's PTSD, <laughs> um, but that was the thing, following your passion, but then, because I took that job in Iowa, I left, I was uh, you know just out of college, I grew up in LA. I left. I left family. I left everybody. I went to audition for the for the show or mm -hmm. for the for the job, mm -hmm. and I got the job. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna collect my stuff. I, I think I was substitute teaching at the time, and and I said I gotta get my two weeks. And so I called my father, and he's like, no, stay. We're gonna ship you your stuff. Mm -hmm. So I never even got closure to come home wow. and say goodbye. I was like there to audition. Now I'm like, okay, I've got a suitcase, you know, a day's wow. worth of clothes and who knows when I'm going to get the rest of my stuff. And the next thing you know, things start showing up in boxes. But because I did that, it opened up opportunities then for the next job. Or I do a good job producing one show when I was with the sports station that when I got laid off, eventually somebody came and said, hey, I, I know the work you did. We finally have an opening at this station. Why don't you come work for us? Mm -hmm. So again, you doing videos creates opportunities. Mm -hmm. You doing whatever it is you do is going to create opportunities. So even if it's in your part-time, doing it for free on the weekends, I know a lot of students like to do uh, podcasts on their own, videos on their own, mm -hmm. make music on their own. Whatever it is, if you're even doing it on your own for free on the weekends, it's going to open up avenues because somebody is going to eventually see that. And and that is, I wanted to, I'm glad you came back around to that because those videos that you're mentioning that I'm doing, I get like three likes. That's, That's it. Thing, right? Three, three likes. Maybe, maybe on a good day, I might get three likes. And I've been doing them since January, one a week since January. I put them on my Instagram and my Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn. And like maybe three people might say something. So we have to, when we do something, we have to be willing, we have to have the, um, the strength to be able to tolerate not getting those accolades and I don't do it for that. I'm not getting paid for it. Right. Um, and people were like, what are you doing? Like, and I was saying, well, I, you know, I published this journal and I'm supporting the journal, but I'm not getting anything in return for these videos, like zero. And I had to overcome a lot of questions, a lot of like, I don't understand what you're doing. Right. Like, what is this? And, and, um, they're not edited. They're not, uh, professional. I just do one take and I'm done. So, but I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm taking that step and I'm saying, okay, I don't have a place to do this right now, but I really want to teach. I really want to do this. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to put it out there. And if people like it, they like it, they don't, they don't, but I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be brave enough to enter the arena as Brene Brown says, and I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of the solution instead of part of the problem. 
and I'm just going to go for it. And here we are in October. I still have three likes, but Son called me and said, hey, I saw them and I like them and I want you to come on the radio. So, you know, I still may only have three people. That's okay because I'm doing what I'm doing, what I like without getting paid for it. It's huge, paying huge dividends in my character, in my discipline, in my skill training, um, in my character development, in my narrative voice, all those things are just really coming together. And that's the payoff. See, most of the stuff that I do outside of teaching, because teaching is what I get paid to do, I just do it for myself. Mm -hmm. I have a music show that I do called The Beat Goes On. I've been doing that for about four years. It started out as a... uh, as just uh, somebody down in Orange County at a station that I know said, hey, you know, come down on uh, your winter break and why don't you just, you know, do some stuff on the radio with us because the students are gone and, you know, we just have some opening. Come hang out with me, basically. It was a guy I knew. He said, come hang out with me and be on the radio. And so I'm like, fine. And then he said, hey, we need some weekend programming, so why don't you put together a show? So I came up with The Beat Goes On, it's a music show. And so I've been sending it to them now for about four years. Again, I don't get paid or anything, but I do it for myself. Yes. That's the whole reason. I do it for myself. I don't care if anybody listens. Now, if people listen, awesome. But I do it for myself because mm-hmm. that's what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom likes it. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so she'll listen all the time. And I know there's others Yay, that mom. do. That, yeah, there's others that listen too. But, you know, mom's number one fan. But that's the thing. I do it for myself. So maybe nobody listens. Maybe my mom listens. Maybe others listen. But me putting the shows together, me editing the shows together... Um, I just did it for myself, and now I'm kind of been fortunate because um, it's on in a station in Virginia now, and you know who knows where it goes. But again, I'm not looking to make this thing grow. I'm just putting it out there because it's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's my hobby. It's my dream. It's my passion, and I'm not getting paid for that. But I enjoy doing it, just like you're doing your videos. It's it's what you like to do. It's mm-hmm. your passion, and you're going to do it regardless. So it goes back to your question, uh, or you know would you do something or what would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? Mm-hmm. And if you can answer that question, what would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? Then that's your passion. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be art. It could be books. It could be writing. It could be a few things, mm-hmm. but that's what you got to do. I know there's a movie. Um, it was something like, um, I think it was new year's Eve out a few years ago. And, and there's a line in it where the guy's talking about his dad and his dad says um, something to the effect where if you could go out and do something today and get it done, would you? Mm-hmm. And of course the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, would you, if you could get something done today, if you knew you could get something done today, if you knew that you could do this today, would you go do it? And that's what you just got to do. Sometimes you just have to get up, get up off the couch mm-hmm. And now there's another phrase that goes along with that. That's like nails on the chalkboard for me. Mm. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Okay. Maybe that's the statement. What could you do if you couldn't fail? That's it. My answer is nothing. Because you're going to fail. Nothing. Because we have to yeah, fail in right. order to succeed. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. It's what yeah, could you do if you're not going to fail? Now go do it. Fail. Yeah, that's right. it. Right. Okay. No, I don't want any part of right. that. I want the hard way, you guys, because right. that's what makes me strong. Right. That's what builds my character. That's where the discipline comes from. That's where the knowledge and the wisdom comes from. If you don't fail, how are you learning? Adversary. Uh, adversity. You, yes. Adversity is like the, the best character builder on the planet. So, yeah, so I don't like that phrase at all. It, it, like, every time I see it, I just want to throw darts yeah, at it. Maybe that's like, what it is. Yeah. So, no, we, we're going to fail. We have to. We're going to. And pe- parents that don't want, don't allow their kids to fail are robbing them. That's that's probably another topic for another show. The everybody gets a trophy yes. thing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can, that's just, I'm already. That's, my blood pressure that's is a like crazy. <laughs> but but it's, it's so true. We have to fail. Failure is a good thing because that's how we learn. Yes. But it's just, you know, again, going back to some of the things that we were talking about. Um, rain us in. What is it? <laughs> rain us in. Yes. No, rain us in. no, it's just, first off, you want to keep hope that no matter what it is that you want to do in life, no matter what your age, no matter what your situation, what your circumstances are, keep that dream alive. Keep that hope alive that you can achieve that at some point in time. For some, like myself, I was fortunate to achieve it pretty quickly right out of college. For others, it might take a, it might have taken a few years. For you, it might take even a little bit more, you know, depending on where you're at in life. But at the end of the day, if you keep your passion within you, you keep that thing, that drive within you, that's going to keep you going, and you will eventually get there. Two, you call them the border bullies. Don't listen to them. They don't have a clue. They're not living your life. You live your life, chase your dreams. And don't be afraid to take a chance. 
because a chance might open up doors for other things like doing videos that three people like <laughs> opens up this, you know, uh, me doing the beat goes on just, you know, kind of out of whatever, uh, because a guy I know at a radio station needed weekend programming has turned into something a little bit more. Um, you never know what's going to happen. So keep that dream alive. Keep doing what you want to do. Have the courage to do it. Build that confidence. Be ready or stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And life will take care of itself. Yes. Pretty much in a nutshell. I mean, yeah, there's going to be obstacles. And there's going to be obstacles and stuff and the hurdles. And that's the other thing, too, is overcoming adversity. You learn for, through adversity more than you do through success. And you have to have the, the, the chutzpah, the toughness mm -hmm. to battle those uh, yes. obstacles that come your way. Yes. And we need people. That's the part that stinks is that we need people to help us. And so we... You know, trying to figure out who are our supporters, who are the um, the border bullies, who are the people that no matter what we do, even if it stinks, oh, good for you. Mm. I don't like those people either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the false, no, those, the yeah. cheerleaders, yeah, right? The, the cheerleaders. cheerleaders are not helpful. Yeah. So, so if we get a, a support staff around us that, that will give us honest feedback about who we are and what we can do and they believe in us and they've got our back and they'll tell us the truth, you know, in a nice way and help us um yeah we definitely need people to get through That's life true. and accomplish that anything else you want to add as we kind of wrap up here on this uh i'm kind of stuck at, yeah. at mcdonald's yes. I, those french fries are yes that, that was the great that was the greatest thing because oh the other thing here's the other thing to talk about making it so we had a birthday list okay so again just recapping when i worked in iowa i made 900 dollars a month and about four to five hundred went to my car and my housing so i had four hundred dollars to live off of so I would have these McDonald's gift certificates or these, you know, things that I would give away as trivia to uh, listeners. And at the end of the week, since I was the last show at night from uh, six to midnight, they expired on Sunday. I would just take them home with me and I'd eat McDonald's all weekend long with free sandwiches. So that's how I survived on $400 part of it. The other one was we had a birthday list. And if you were on the birthday list, so you could call in, if it was your birthday, say today, you'd call the radio station, we'd put you on the birthday list. And then at a certain time, we'd do the birthday list. And then you'd get a free movie at the uh, movie theater and it's for your birthday. So I think that I had like about eight birthdays wow. that year. <laughs> so I could see eight movies. And then I had McDonald's. And so that's how I worked the system uh, back then. Whether that's honest or not, I don't know. But that's how I worked the system because I was able to see movies and I was able to eat and I survived off of nine hundred dollars a month. Well, there you but, go. But that's and what did it was. Come with medical insurance because it's all that cholesterol and. <laughs> I think I just waived it They're because they, pro they the probably best. they probably took out you know more. I'm like, nah, I'm young, right. I'm healthy, right. I'm I'm gonna survive. <laughs> uh, so don't do it. Plus, my metabolism back then was a whole lot quicker, so it didn't bother me none. Yes. But uh, but anyway, so. Uh, Chase your passion. Keep yes. that drive alive. Don't give up. Don't listen to the naysayers. Have the courage to maybe go alone if you have to. There's times I had to go alone. Uh, take the road less traveled and live your life because you're the only one that has to. And if you're not going to be happy with what you're doing, life is going to be miserable. Life's tough as it is. So do something that you want to do that makes you happy and go chase that. And you'll be surprised at how well life can turn out. And reach out to us. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, and then and, and we're gonna talk about this more. What's your Instagram? Give out your uh, info, whatever info you like to give out. My Instagram—that's the best place to find me. Um, so it's three names: Tara Hoke Shiro, T A R A H O K E S C H I R O. Tara Hoke Shiro. And my Instagram: Edem Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S, Edem Rocks. Reach out to us. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, topics. Yeah. Questions, yeah, questions answers. answers, anything you want. And, and also, um, you can also, uh, if you want, you can email me. My name's Son Edom at Gmail. I'm used to giving that out. Um, so either way, um, let us know what you think. And uh, next time, we'll have some more topics for you. And uh, hopefully, you guys get something out of this. And again, just be encouraged. The, the bottom line is be encouraged. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged because you can do it. Chase that dream and you can do it. Thanks, guys. We loved having you. Take care. We'll see you next time. See ya.